You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. What's going on, Jermaine Johnson? Tune in to Turn on the Jets podcast. Hey, this is Vinny Pasquantino of the Kansas City Royals. Make sure you tune into the Turn on the Jets podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Turn the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Will Parkinson, at WillPile11 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Joined by good friend of the show on a victory Monday, baby, Jake Asman. Jake, how we doing? Oh, man, a victory Monday. The Jets are 500, Will. I mean, they haven't been 504 games into the season since 2017. I can't believe what we're watching. It's amazing. I know. (laughs) Dude, seriously, it's funny. We kind of joked. Last time the Jets won, I was on your show on, on Monday for Victory Monday. Now you're on mine. And basically, anytime Jake or me are on each other's shows, the Jets will probably have won a football game. Um, let's get let's start here. Obviously, the quarterback is going to be what's going to be paramount the rest of the season. We talked a million times about the season being about Zach. And I'll start by saying yesterday would not have been as fun if Joe Flacco was playing. And it's no disrespect to Joe Flacco, but look, the future is obviously not him. So Big picture, how did Zach look for you yesterday? Obviously, you know, it's easy to only point to the highs, but there were some lows, uh, you know, as well. No doubt, Will. And, and they probably lose by three touchdowns. Let's be real. If Joe Flacco plays quarterback yesterday, you know, our, our guy Drew from Jersey, who's like the mayor of Jets Twitter, had the funniest tweet I think ever about this. He's like, Zach Wilson won the Jets a game and he saved Joe Flacco's life because that's what it really would have been. If Flacco had played, I mean, you look at the stat sheet, Zach Wilson got sacked just once, but how many other plays did he bail the Jets offensive line out by his mobility, keeping a play alive? Or you look at his completion percentage. He was at 50%. I went back and watched the game this morning. I count at least five or six times. Zach Wilson basically escaped the pocket and just threw the ball away to prevent a sack. So that affects, you know, your overall completion numbers. Zach bald, man, he's a gamer. You know, for him to basically struggle the way he did at the middle part of that game and then come back in the fourth quarter, those two drives when it's all on the line and step up in the pocket, not be afraid to get hit, not be afraid to just let it rip. That throw to Corey Davis on fourth and seven was phenomenal. The throw to Garrett Wilson on the third and six where he ripped off a huge run, a bunch of yak after the fact. I mean, that was just phenomenal quarterbacking. And, you know, I think if you're a Jet fan, you got to be really, really encouraged from what you saw from your guy. First game coming off, you know, significant knee surgery in August. Yeah, it's interesting. So I did kind of a deep dive into the numbers and um, I put it all on Twitter. So obviously anyone wants to go look at it, you're more than welcome. Over the middle of the field, I think Zach was, so between the numbers, hash marks, numbers, however you want to phrase it. Um, Zach was fantastic. I think like 13 to 16, 200 yards, a touchdown. Um, more importantly, when he was kept clean, I think he was eight and nine. So like obviously didn't get hit, didn't get hurried, eight and nine for 170 yards or something crazy like that, where basically if the Jets can keep Zach Wilson healthy, um, and upright, they've got a chance here. So 
Um, yes, the interception of Jeff Smith was a classic. He got baited. The play call I didn't love there. I, I think Will Fuller gets a lot of blame when Zach does poorly, and when he does good, it's all Zach, which isn't necessarily fair, but it's the way the NFL works. That said, that call I didn't love there. You needed the three points. Um, the two other plays that sucked, one where he kind of like sidearmed it to Arthur Millette and to Garrett Wilson and just kind of – that was lazy. That was the one throw. It was like, what are you doing? And then as great as Zach Wilson was – getting away from pressure. I think the Jets were pressured 22, he was pressured 22 times, I believe. Now, only one sack, as you mentioned, which was early on. The throwaway down the right sideline, I know Minka Fitzpatrick was slightly out of bounds. Just throw that ball into the 400th row. Like, don't do that. That's the only place where I got frustrated with Zach yesterday was just like, man, so it's okay to live another day. And he said it at the post game, and I like the way he came back. And he seems more mature, the confidence, the, the team fed off his energy. The touchdown was awesome to, you know, um, obviously the Philly Philly special and, and that's always fun, but the Corey Davis throw, there's a couple of Corey, um, but the one in, in the red zone, the Jets have been awful in the red zone for probably most of our life, lifetime, especially <laughs> throwing the football. Um, I was kind of happy they got a penalty there. So they got, to, they had to throw a touchdown for stat line purposes. Um, you mentioned, you know, that fourth quarter drive, where was your head at 20 to 10? Um, did you do you feel like they had a chance there or were you ready to fire everybody like you know the rest of Twitter and you know Salah's gone full rebuild the whole thing even though they'd just been up 10 to 3 you know an hour <laughs> earlier yeah I mean I, I was in the bad place well I mean I tweeted take this receipt Salah you know here comes you know Kenny Pickett coming in to torch the Jets defense gonna be like Baker Mayfield you know against them in 2018 all over again what's amazing is and I, I think Mike Greenberg had a great tweet about this he's like the Jets have played this exact game hundreds of times and they never win it. That's what made yesterday so surreal. They never win that type of game. And the fact that they came back and won and Zach played so well down the stretch, 10 of 12, you know, big throw after big throw on the game winning drive. He was five of five. It was just, it was astonishing to see. And they really yesterday will for the first time played complimentary football defense forces, the huge turnover saw some Michael Carter making the play on Friar to come up with the interception offense then goes right down the field. They score special teams doing its thing defense late being in the right position. LaMarcus Joyner having the game of, of his life. Who would have thought that was a possibility going into this one yesterday. So there's so much to like about what they did. It's like really the anti jets, the type of game they played because when they're down 20 to 10 in the fourth quarter, let's be real. Not many of us thought they were winning because we've all watched that game before. So the fact that they did win, you got to give Salah a lot of credit. Got to give Zach Wilson, of course, a lot of credit, but maybe the culture finally is changing. I think that's the most overrated word in sports sometimes, but you now have had two forever wins where you're trailing late in the fourth quarter by multiple scores and the team never quit and they found a way to win. And when you could do that, maybe there's more buy-in from guys in that locker room that they got the right people in charge. So I think a win like what they did yesterday, maybe I'm nuts, could go a long way in, in laying the foundation for what this team is eventually trying to become. Yeah, it's interesting. Sorry, I was I looked down during that because Tua got officially ruled out for Sunday. So the Jets will see Teddy Bridgewater uh, at MetLife. As much as Tua gets a lot of hate, um, obviously I hope he's okay and it seems like he's progressing, but that's a huge win for the Jets. Tua has been very, very good this year, whether you think like him or not. Um, obviously, I'm a Tua detractor, but at the end of the day, I have to got to admit, got to admit what's uh, you know, what's true at the same time. Moving to kind of the defensive side of the ball. I thought yesterday was their best overall defensive performance. I think if you take away the Zach Tyler Conklin pick six, which, you know, Zach should have probably made a better throw there. 
Tyler Conklin should catch it. Of course, Micah Fitzpatrick is everywhere. He almost actually punched the Brees Hall ball out on the goal line. Like, Micah's nuts. I, I don't I was a little that. nervous there. I, yeah, I, I was like, nervous, but if you think about it, the one that Zach almost threw away that he almost caught, he almost could have had three turnovers by himself, which is nuts. Um, other than that, the defense, what, gives up 13 points. The Steelers are not great. I understand that. They do have very good weapons. Caused four turnovers. Could have been a fifth, if not for a penalty, um, on Carl Lawson there. So Marcus Joyner and Jordan Whitehead each could have had two interceptions, which is nuts. I think Joyner had four pass breakups. Sauce graded well. Jermaine Johnson, Bryce Huff, you know, friend of the show, uh, you know, nine snaps. And there was a the Jets had, I think, two or three sacks on the nine sack, uh, snaps. So overall, from the defensive perspective, I know they took a lot of heat on your show. They've taken a lot of heat on Twitter all, all week. How do you think they responded? And um, did you feel like they played as well as I do? I, I totally agree with you. And, and the stat about Bryce Huff that's awesome is he, he was on the field for nine snaps. He had pressures on three of them. And, like, the pressure rate for the Jets was dramatically increased when he was out there. He's got a role on this team. He's got to be active every week. He's got to play. I still don't love the defensive line rotations, but, you know, I, I, it is what it is for right now. The defense made plays. Give a lot of credit to Joyner and Whitehead. You know, Robert Sala rightfully stuck with Joyner, and we killed him for it. How could you keep putting this guy out there? And, well, his loyalty to that guy, his loyalty to a veteran player, it paid off this time. He deserves a lot of credit for that. So that was great to see. I thought Quan Alexander was everywhere yesterday, played a really good game. I mean, the Jets did a good job containing Najee Harris, and, and we just see the the premier corner play they're getting right now. I mean, DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner have graded out as the best corner deal in the NFL seemingly every week. So they're getting phenomenal production out of those two key positions, and they just got to continue to get that pass rush rolling here. If, if that pass rush could take over the game, they really have all the ingredients of a special defense based on what they have in their secondary. Yeah, look, I, I think there's – the defense is interesting, right? I think we've talked about this, obviously, on your show more so, but the safety play and the linebacker play and the, the edge rushers are going to be the key to the Jets winning games. When they're involved and they're engaged, they tackle well, they're disciplined, they communicate. The Jets defense looks, other than one or two plays against Baltimore, really good. Mm -hmm. One or two plays, honestly, yesterday, really, really good. Um, the games where the defense, specifically safety, an edge rusher have been a problem for Cincinnati and more so the Cleveland game and the linebackers. And guess what? They gave up 50 something combined points. And obviously other than a miracle against Cleveland, like they don't win that game. So Quentin Williams has been fantastic. He's playing at a top five or seven defensive tackle, if not higher, if you want to be conservative, I think that's where he's been playing. Sheldon Rankins is graded out throughout the first four weeks, the top 15 or top 20 defensive tackle. JFM's had some moments. I know he gets a lot of, slack or, or grief whatever the right word is because he doesn't have like 13 sacks in a million like jfm is a good player like <laughs> just let's pump the brakes there a little bit marcel harris yesterday has now played really well and i know i'm vocal that quincy williams is really too much boomer bust for me at a position where the jets don't need that necessarily marcel harris grew up you know graded out really well the last two games he's been disciplined i think he only missed the one tackle yesterday and it was like the Jets group tackle. CJ Mosley's had a nice year. I know he gets destroyed on Jets Twitter. Um, CJ Mosley's playing well. Like <laughs> it's a it's a hard position this defense. Uh, but you mentioned the corners, man. It's it's special. Michael Carter's right there all the time. Like he gets beat by George Pickens on that ball. Great coverage sure, though. I'm not yeah. sure what he's supposed to do. Yeah. So I'll even said it. Like <laughs> George Pickens is an elite athlete and went up and made a play. I want to ask you one kind of stupid question, but like, I think everyone kind of jokes about it. The Jets force another fumble on special teams. They force a couple fumbles this year. 
are they ever going to fall in a fumble? Like, I, I just, <laughs> I actually don't, there's no way that they couldn't have fallen. That was the most, I think there was four jets and one Steeler there. And I think two or three jets touched the ball first. How, why does this keep happening? Is it like a coaching thing? Like what is going on? Hey, I tweeted the same thing yesterday. Cause you know, if you go back to like the Ravens game week one, their failure to fall on a fumble, like the next play was like a Lamar touchdown, the yep. bomb to Duvernay. And that was really like all she wrote in that game. You're so right. It's been a problem for so long. You know, what's funny is ironically, the one fumble they did fall on, they didn't need to fall on it. Brees Hall scoring the touchdown at the end of the game. They actually did recover the fumble had he, let's say, lost the ball before he crossed uh, the goal line. So thank God for that. But you're so right, Will. It's, it drives me nuts they can't fall on a fumble. I, I guess some of that's just bad luck. But, I mean, I don't know. You played. Is that just, is that a coaching thing? I don't know why they can't fall on it. Uh, I think sometimes it's kind of like trying to do too much. You know, the, the old definition of scoop and score. Like there is a technique to picking up a football and the whole thing. But I think guys get overwhelmed and like, oh, my God, I need to pick this up. Like sometimes they just fall on the ball. Like the jet, it's not like an offensive fumble or when you're in the open field. Like if the Jets just fall in that football, they have they're on the Steelers 35, 40 yard line going in, and all the game's totally different. I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, it was like 13 10 or or something at that point where that's a huge play in the game. They don't fall on the ball. Um, obviously, you know, things happen, but Zach fell on the ball yeah. at least and then threw yes, it out of bounds was, on the trickery. I they can't applied. believe he that one from I, someone, I think I don't remember exactly who tweeted it, but I think they said something of the sort of like, that's Zach Wilson in a nutshell right there. One of the most ridiculous, like bad plays of all time, turning into like such a heady, smart play that like nobody else is making. Um, kind of want to touch one more thing on Zach, you know, kind of regards to how it kind of goes from here. What are your, did yesterday change your expectations at all? Do you feel better about him going forward or do you kind of feel the same of, Hey, it's one game, you know, let's pump the brakes a little bit on, you know, talking about next year and so on. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from lips and ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. So, yes, let's pump the brakes on like, oh, he's now the, the savior and he's the franchise quarterback. But do I feel better about him after this game? I think you're an idiot if you say no. How do you not feel better about him? He led a game winning drive in the fourth quarter. 
in one of the, the, the hardest places for a visiting quarterback to play. I don't want to hear, oh, well, the Steelers aren't that good. That's not what everyone was saying going into this game. The narrative going into this game was the Jets are not going to win. No one's picking them. Brian Costello said they're going to lose 27-3. to No one on the NFL Network picked the Jets. And when they're down by 10 in the fourth quarter, did you really have them winning that game? So I don't want to hear, oh, well, the Steelers aren't actually that good. That might end up being true, but it's still a Mike Tomlin coach team with 10 days to prepare. And the Jets seemingly looked out of it and Zach led them and was flawless those final two drives leading to a victory. So that's they don't win that game a year ago with Zach Wilson at quarterback. So the growth that we've already seen, and oh yeah, it's his first game back, Will, coming off significant knee surgery in August. He was rusty, but he got better as the game went on. So I think if you're a Jet fan, you definitely should be excited about Zach Wilson. But the next step is to consistently play well, not have a game here or there that we could point to like the Bucks game or, oh, he was great against the Titans last year. We need to see now a winning streak. Robert Sala has never won more than one game in a row as the Jet head coach. So that's like the next step in this rebuild, like consistency, winning a game against a divisional opponent at home next week when you're facing the Dolphins. Zach playing well in multiple games in a row, not just like spurts here or there. That's the next step. And if he could do that, then yes, he could finally be this team's franchise quarterback that we've been waiting for. I know kind of joked about it. Um, I think Kyle Brand joked about it on Good Morning Football. Of like, can we get rid of the it's been 84 years, you know, gif on, uh, you know, winning a division game? I know Robert Sala harped on it. They've got a chance on, look, we'll talk about it right at the end here, but they've got a chance on Sunday to, to do something that they couldn't capitalize on against Cincinnati. Look, the Bengals game, in hindsight, the Bengals are now in first place in the division. <laughs> they were in the Super Bowl last year, and that team, you know, came out prepared and, and took advantage of the Jets you know, with a better quarterback and um, some, you know, better other things going on. Um, I want to talk one more, th- one more quick thing um, here. Elijah Vera Tucker, obviously, look, everyone knows I'm a diehard USC fan. I loved how he played in college. He obviously was a left tackle, you know, senior year and, and or well, junior year, whatever. And I didn't think the Jets would move him, frankly. I thought he's been so good at right tackle. I mean, so good at right guard. He was good last year. You don't want to mess up the chemistry. I was wrong. The Jets said, you know, Vera Tucker to his credit said, I'll do whatever for the team. Connor McDermott is, they tried, this is obviously a reflection of him, how badly they did not want him on the field. Although <laughs> right. he, ended up, he ended up actually playing decently. Nate Herbig uh, was solid. I think he was, wasn't fantastic by any means. They didn't run the ball well at all on the right side. But... Having a mobile quarterback masks everything. It masks really everything. is amazing. Yeah. And again, you move the pocket and things are different against a better, against not as good of a defense. I think you'll really see, um, you know, more of that happened. Hopefully Dwayne Brown is supposed to practice this week. Um, you could see maybe ABT on the right side or, you know, Herman's or um, any of these guys they just brought in the right tackle and ABT go back to right guard where he's excelled. But how impressed were you yesterday that he moved to the hardest position on the offensive line seamlessly and was pretty good. Like he wasn't amazing, but it's pretty good against Alex Heisman. who has got, you know, a league leading four and a half, five sacks. Yeah, no question. Well, I mean, AVT deserves so much praise. I want everyone to know I already bought his jersey this morning. Like, I, I love the guy, man. Like, the, the, he's the Nick Mangold of, of, of this generation's Jets team. Like, a reliable, team-first guy. I mean, he's played 20 games in the NFL. He's played three different positions already. He's been a, a really good left guard, really good right guard. Now he's playing left tackle. And let's be real. Maybe he wasn't perfect yesterday, but he more than owned, uh, you, you know, 
held his own out there. And shout out to you, by the way, Will. You were the first person I saw on Twitter that noticed in warmups he was lining up doing left tackle drills. And I talked about it with my friend. I'm like, hey, I think AVT might be a left tackle today. And I, I, I looked like a genius in the friend group. So I'll <laughs> tell you, I got that straight from your Twitter account. So shout out to you. But, I mean, the guy's awesome, right? Where's Seth Walder at? Did the Jets still give up too much trading up to get a future Pro Bowl-level player for the next decade? I mean, give me a break. AVT's awesome. I guess the hope now is Dwayne Brown can come back play left tackle and do you put abt now at right tackle why not can he play center as well so we could play all five offensive line positions but shout out to abt if you're giving out game balls he's certainly someone that should get one he was phenomenal yeah if you're going game balls yesterday i'm going joiner uh Corey davis and, and abt he's strictly I mean, zach wilson and, and whitehead probably would be you know guys right behind him just because of how instrumental they were frankly them winning but i thought mm -hmm. joint i mean joiner was the second highest graded safety in football yesterday two interceptions he you know had four pass breakups one that led to an interception he tackled well i do want to give joiner this credit as well i know people have beaten him up he's been they had no he played barely played during camp whitehead was you know was in and out during camp a little bit he was banged up and he missed all of last year and moved from slot corner when he came to the jets back to free safety. He's an older player. When you haven't played in almost a year and a half, like you are going to look rusty and look out of it. Yesterday, it looked like his feet were finally underneath him. Week four, the glorified, you know, Belichick first four weeks of the regular season of the preseason are over with. He looked like the Mar LaMarcus Joyner everyone thought we were getting. And again, I'm not expecting LaMarcus Joyner to be a all pro again, but if he's a serviceable safety the rest of the year and Whitehead's a above average safety, the Jets will probably be a top 20 defense. If he's like goes back to what he was playing like weeks one, two, and three, um, you know, look, sauce has been fantastic and he's going to be this team's probably first or second best player by, you know, by week 10. Um, he has had some issues with communications and things, you know, especially down by the goal line and, and things where, you know, joiners kind of gotten the, the brunt of Jets criticism because you're never going to criticize sauce and I get it. Um, but I just want to give him a lot, bunch of credit. You mentioned AVT Corey Davis again, Yep. You know, Ethan Greber came on my show and said, Corey Davis has been the Jets' best, you know, best offensive player in camp. And every one of my mentions, Corey Davis fucking blows. I'm like, whoa, like, dude, he's not a bad football player. He has not been amazing. Um, but and he does a lot of the dirty stuff too, right? Like, blocking, yep. like his routes open up throwing lanes for a guy like Garrett Wilson or Elijah Moore. Really good blocker. I watched uh, Brian Baldinger's breakdown on the Brees Hall touchdown run. Corey Davis is in there with a key block. So, Hey, look, Corey Davis has not been perfect. I don't want to completely act like he's been this great signing, but he's better than people realize, and he's got really good chemistry, as we saw last year, with Zach Wilson. There's a role for Corey Davis on this team going forward. Yeah, Zach trusts him. And the last guy I want to hit on before we kind of just quickly look forward to Miami in the last couple of minutes here, Elijah Moore, again, was quiet in the second half. I don't believe he had a target, but early in the game, I think he three targets or four targets. So I think he had three for 40-something catches. Zach's best throw of the day, in my opinion. Uh, far hash comeback, uh, 20 yards on a line. Sometimes yep. I don't know where Elijah Moore is running. I feel like he doesn't really want to get hit that hard, but then he <laughs> kind of ends up running himself into some weird, weird tackles, whatever. It's a whole nother discussion. Did that in the Ravens game too. He like ran sideways to run up. Um, regardless, you know, Wilson wasn't great yesterday, Garrett Wilson, but had the one really big play they needed him. Those guys are still young and I think they'll develop, but are you, do you feel like Elijah Moore is really close to like that huge game? Because yesterday it felt like that. And then they kind of went a different direction a little bit. But, you know, this week going against a team that plays all man coverage the entire time, I feel like he should have him and Garrett Wilson should be able to eat, you know, pretty consistently. 
Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I feel like every Jet content creator has said, this is the week Elijah Moore has the breakout game. Eventually, we're going to be right. So I'll continue to say it. Yes, the breakout <laughs> game for Elijah Moore is coming. He's too good to not have that special game. I will say his best game as a pro last year came against the Miami Dolphins. So maybe they could replicate that and have some similar success. He had that huge game against them. I think I met life last year with Flacco at quarterback. So let's see if maybe we could get that going on Sunday because he's still going to be a big part of this team. And, and that is what I really love about this jets offense. Every game, it could be a different guy. It was Garrett Wilson against the Browns. Corey Davis ha obviously had his moments yesterday. Say whatever you want about Tyler Conklin. Yes, he needs to catch the ball. Yes, he needs to not fumble. He's made plays, though. We've gotten more production out of the tight end than we have in a long time. So I, I will say that about Conklin. They got to get Uzama involved at some point here. But they have legitimate weapons on this team. And eventually, Elijah Moore is going to have a day because we know how special of a talent he is. Yeah, Jeremy Ruckert's going to start to play more. Um, this staff loves him, I can tell you for a fact. And I, CJ Uzama is great for this locker room. He's a nice player. If you told me, I, I feel like it'll be Ruckert and, and Conklin and majority of 12 personnel sets by the second half of the season. They like Ruckert a lot. He's the most athletic of, of the three, you know, tight ends, and he's done a good job blocking. I know he hasn't played a lot yet, um, but that his time is coming as well. And there's a cool picture. You know, I put on my Instagram, I'm sure it's floating around on Twitter somewhere, of, you know, pretty much all the rookies. It's like Sauce Brees, Jermaine Johnson, and, and Gary Willis and Clemens all in one picture. Max Mitchell injury update, by the way, um, for folks listening, they probably already have seen it. He dislocated his kneecap, um, although it seems as though he should be back sooner rather than later. It does not seem as though. Um, not season ending, which is It's not a Mackay Becton uh, situation where this huh. looks like a season ender. It looks like this could be. Um, if I had to guess, I bet you he's back after the bye, um, you know, in another five or six weeks. In the meantime, quickly, obviously we mentioned two is out. Game in MetLife, no surprise, the Dolphins are a talented football team. Got an offensive, you know, they got an offensive coach who has been really impressive through four weeks. They're coming off a loss. They have 10 days to prepare. Xavier Howard is banged up with a groin. I would be slightly surprised if he plays just based on, you know, the way they, the pressure they put on their corners. What are you expecting quickly Sunday? I know you're going to do a bunch of stuff on your channel and um, we won't take too long on this and I'll have more later in the week, but what are you expecting from Sunday? And um, what's your kind of confidence level going into the game that they can get on a win streak, win a division game, move into second place or, you know, maybe first place in the division, uh, which is crazy to say. This is a huge game for the Jets. And you could say, oh, well, it's only going to be October 9th and they're two and two and they're ahead of schedule. They have to play well in this game and have a chance to win. They can't come out flat like we've seen previous Jet teams. They need to have consistency starting with the quarterback. Zach's got to replicate what he did and carry that over into this game. And they have to win, man. Robert Sala, the first thing he said to the team this offseason, and, and one Jets drive showed the speech, is we have lost uh, 12 straight games in the AFC East. We, they, they were 0-6 last year with Robert Sala against teams in their own division. That can't happen. They have to win this game on Sunday. You're not going anywhere in the NFL unless you beat divisional opponents. You play them twice a year. You're at home. Set the tone. The, the Dolphins have been good, but they're not the 07 Patriots here, right? Especially with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. They should have an opportunity here to win this game, Will. And if they do that and get the three and two, you look at the schedule coming up. Yes, it certainly gets a lot tougher, but you buy yourself more time. If you can get to the buy still within a game of being around 500, you got an opportunity with the schedule seemingly softening up down the stretch to play meaningful games in December and really give this fan base a reason to come out to MetLife and support this team with a chance to go to the playoffs this year. So, look, it's early still. 
but this is a big game for the regime. It's a big game for Zach Wilson, of course, but big game for Robert Sala and his staff. Can you win two games in a row for the first time as the Jet head coach? Yeah, look, the end of the day, uh, we'll wrap with this. Obviously, Miami, it's going to break it down more, but it's going to be keeping Tyreek in front of you as best you can, keeping Jalen Waddle in front of you, getting pressure with four. Part of the reason the Jets were successful today was a lot of the time they did not have to blitz, meaning they could kind of play more off coverage. They tackled well. If you continue to do that and get pressure on the quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater, maybe will take a two shot or two deep. It's going to be a lot of underneath stuff because that's how they roll um, offensively. Can Zach Wilson get the ball out to his playmakers and let make guys miss? You saw it on Friday night, the game clincher, you know, Jamar Chase makes one move off the line. There's no help. The Dolphins are going to, I think they, if I'm not mistaken, they blitz 50 or 51% of the time, something in that insane realm. Like they're blitzing constantly and they just leave their guys on an island and say, go beat them. The Jets drafted Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, um, and these other guys, you know, to be able to beat man coverage, go out and do it and, and get a win in MetLife on Sunday. Um, or at least division games are supposed to be close. There's a rivalry game. This should be no more. The spread's three. They'll probably get that up to Dolphins minus four and a half, minus five. But go. This should not be more than you losing by you know twenty seven to twenty. Like this cannot be uh, thirty four to ten Dolphins. You know the Jets had no talent last year compared to the Dolphins, and uh, they played them really tough both times. So um, if you're not following Jake, you should be. Obviously, you know Jake Asman Twitter, Jake Asman showing YouTube daily Jets content. I think you're up. To, what are you up to? Twenty twenty five thousand subscribers or something crazy, and obviously ESPN Radio as well. We're uh, we're making the the leap, Will. I mean, let me tell you, Jet fans after a win, it's like there's no better fan base. The uh, the, the amount of uh, interaction we've had on the YouTube channel and just on social media the last day and a half since the win on Sunday has been phenomenal. So shout out to all the Jet fans and shout out to everyone listening. Will does a phenomenal job anytime he comes on my show, and I love listening to the TOJ pod with him. Thanks. Uh, thanks again, everybody. We'll talk to you uh, later this week. John Descremsky will be on. Uh, Joe Shad will be on. DJ Bannime, the uh, my former podcast partner, will be on. We have a huge week of shows. We'll talk to everybody. Uh, Tell him Sauce everybody. is better than uh, Stingley oh, for me. I know. I'm missing um, Sauce better than Stingley, and Zach's better than two will be the entirety of the conversation <laughs> um, and hot dogs. But we'll talk to you guys uh, later in the week.